Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Hello, welcome to And Now Comics. I am Lou Gonzalez. Joining me once again is Connor Irving. Uh, Wolverine is a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> and John Seiler. Did you know that in the movie It, when Pennywise dances, it perfectly syncs up with Outcast Heya? Yeah. Is it kind of like Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah. <laughs> and the Wizard of Oz. That's the new one. But it's Pennywise dancing to Heya. <laughs> hey, if you actually listen to the lyrics of Hey Ya, it is a very heavy song. Oh, yeah. Do we want to start a podcast where we just talk about Andre 3000 lyrics? Oh, how dare you? You, you that That is a, uh outcast song, so it's not just him. It's, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I mean, technically, it is an Andre 3000 <laughs> song, because, because that was the speaker box Love Below. And the level below was like all the Andre 3000 stuff. Um, and then the speaker box was like, oh my God, why am I blinking on his name? I know. Um, oh my God, what the fuck oh, is his name? Now, I'm like I'm looking it up right now. Uh, big Boy. Uh, big Boy, yes. Yeah, Big Boy did uh, the speaker box, which like, it's okay. It's not the, like the level below is so good. Well, there's a reason why we could not remember his name. I mean, I mean, Big Boy is still a pretty integral part of like what makes Outcast. Yeah, but Andre Three Thousand was definitely the more talented of the pair. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. All right, well, this is not a music podcast. This is a comic book podcast. So we are going to start off like usual with some news. So why don't we start with this first one you threw in here, John? Uh, which one would that be? Beat Staff. Uh. Oh yeah, so. Uh, Comicsology and Kodansha, like, and literally, like, I like this is like news that only I would care about. Uh, but Kodansha and Comicsology announced that they're going to be releasing all of uh, Drops of God, which is a manga about wine tasting and wine pouring. And uh, I first heard about this comic because uh, when Riley O'Malley writer creator artist of of scott pilgrim was talking about like stuff that he really loved uh he was talking about drops of god and i you know picked it up and it's like really cool um but it never fully came out in the united states uh of the books that did come out i'm missing one volume and it's going for like 90 dollars. so uh it's it's cool that this is coming out digitally i guess but um it's you know it's like it's manga in a doing a thing that you normally wouldn't read. You would think would be a manga. Like usually, like when people think of manga, they think of like Naruto or One Piece or something big and huge. Actually, yeah. While like Drops of God is just you know wine tasting. All right. Well, that's definitely interesting. Like it is kind of cool to see Comicsology doing more. Like I didn't even know that they really did manga stuff. Uh, they do manga stuff, but I think this was the deal between Kodansha and Comixology. That is cool. Um, yeah, sorry. We, I, I don't have... I, no, I do, like, like no, once like, in a while... Literally, I was just like, yeah, I'm the only one that would... I'm Like, even within the audience, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that cares. Yeah, like, I like a slice of life now and, ad- now and again, but it's not, like, end-all, be-all for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Marvel is making... Spider-Man the Hulk. So that's a thing. Uh, yeah, so I read the story, <laughs> and um, it seems like it's just going to be a one-shot story. By oh, Tom I'm Taylor. sure. It's more like 
it's like one of those things that they just do. It's like, all right, what do we do? Uh, let's make a different kind of Hulk for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I'll like piggyback this story with a thing that I'm kind of getting tired about on uh, the main Amazing Spider-Man book is that I feel like the last like three months of this book has all just been tie-ins to other books. Like the last two issues have been um, uh, absolute carnage tie-ins. No, it's like three. The last three issues have been amazing or absolute carnage tie-ins that I just do not care about. And now, like, I got the newest issue today as a tie-in to 2099, which is also another book I just do not care so about. So, basically, there's been a month without the ongoing story? Uh, well, they released two books a month, so... Okay, it's been, so it's been, like, two weeks. No, it's been... No, it's been about two months. Oh. Because, like, the last two months have been tie-ins to other things. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I did my math backwards somehow. Yeah. So, um, and, who, and who knows how long it's 29 or anything, but... um. I didn't get to read it yet, but I picked up Amazing Mary Jane, and I honestly, it's like, if I like that book enough, I might just drop Amazing Spider-Man and just read Mary Jane. Yeah, which is kind of cool that they're doing. I did see that they are going to do a Daily Bugle comic. Yeah. Uh, Robbie is the, I guess, the star of it. Yeah, uh, yeah Robbie Robertson. Yeah, who's been, who's been like a kind of a side character in... The Amazing For- Spider-Man book, because it's like him and Peter and Boomerang have been, um, like, roommates. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Wait, um, Robbie Robinson's not, like, 60 years old anymore? Oh, it's his son. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, okay, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I honestly, because Robbie... It's like Robert and Robbie. Yeah, because Robert, or I guess Robbie was... He was always called Robbie, but I guess it's... Like they just would change it. Um, he was always like the number two guy in the bugle. Like even if you watch the old Raimi movies, he's like the guy that's like arguing pro Spider-Man to Jay Jonah, which has always been his character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this I actually think this book is following him and not the son. Yeah, you're right, and that which is makes kind sense. of a cool idea though, especially like in a day and age when like like there's such scrutiny on media and stuff to do a comic kind of based on a reporter kind of like what dc's doing with lois lane and jimmy is not a bad idea um and so it looks like the writer will be uh matt johnson who wrote uh hellblazer special papa midnight uh incognito living day um this will be his first marvel book uh with art by mac chatter who worked on black panther and the crew okay that's cool all right it's definitely something that's like interesting uh, I'm trying to see, like, the news is kind of all over the place. Um, while we jump to, they are doing a bunch more books connected to Iron Man 2020. So there's one, Force Works, Rescue, Iron Heart, Iron Age, Machine Man, and Weapon X, but, like, dot .exe. I, I don't know why. It, it's like, unless I grew up in an age where, like, twenty Iron Man 2020 was a book, like, I have no idea why I should care about this. I don't even remember Iron Man 2020 being a thing. They're like that was a thing. Yeah, it was like a, uh, like a mid, like a mid 90s book. <sighs> Can we like not with the 90s stuff? Like right, Arno, <laughs> Arno stuff. Although strangely, the one uh, thing kind a- of 90s I like is that I read um, issue four Batman White Knight. It's a feeble black label book that is like the sequel to the first one, and it's 
like has to do with like their this Earth's version of Asriel, and I actually really goddamn like it. And <laughs> Alfred pulled a oh, I don't even know what you call it, like a pirate sword on what is definitely oh my god, I can't believe I blanked on his name. The other half of Etrigan. Uh, Etri- uh, uh, what is his name? Oh, I can't Jason. Know. Jason. Blood? Jason. Yes. Um, but it's interesting. But yeah, like I don't know, '90s are a thing again. I guess with the X Men being awesome. I mean, it's a nostalgia thing, and obviously, the people who are writing books now would be people who had an well, yeah. for those books then. Most but, people kind of our age, maybe a little bit older than us. Since and maybe it, I don't know. Maybe if I'm also reading Iron Man, I would care about Iron Man 2020 because they've been building up to it. But I, I just know. I've never really cared for Iron Man, the combo character ever. Like. I don't. I don't know. I just have never uh, done it. Same. I I tried Fraction, and Fractions is fine, but I kind of just don't want to read Tony. Mm-hmm. So let me see the next thing. Um, trying to like look at all my links. Um, so well, let's stick with Marvel, I guess, before we jump to DC, and then we'll jump back for the X Men thing. But um, so they are announced that they are doing an exclusive podcast. With Hawkeye, Black Widow, Wolverine, and Star Lord, with Sirius XM, Pandora, because they are one company now. And I guess this is going to be like a radio drama thing. I think, is it four separate shows? Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, and then there's a fifth series where they team up, which, how the hell does Star Lord fit into that team? Uh, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I think, I think we all, like, kind of liked Wolverine the Long Night and the other one. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to the other one yet. It's, you know, it, I think it's, like, at worst, they're just kind of fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, 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 like, I like the idea of, like, more audio dramas. Like, I, I wish it wasn't another Wolverine. And I don't know how exciting a Hawkeye, you know. See, I actually think that Star-Lord is the one that, like, I would not be interested in of the set. Like Hawkeye and Black Widow could would at least be like kind of James Bondy ish. I think could like work that, well. I think that's also the thing is like they kind of both also exist in the same like espionage genre. world. So it's like why have two espionage books? Uh at least it's like you have Wolverine, which you know, Wolverine's its own genre, I think, at this point. And then Star Lord is like the sci-fi book, uh, and then you just have two espionage books. Unless, like, honestly, it's like if the Hawkeye book is Hawk is Clint and Kate, then it's like, oh, g- great, you know, because mm-hmm. add Kate to that book and it, or that thing, and you're already like doing way better. Yeah, I definitely think it's an interesting idea. I am kind of surprised that no one else from any company is doing this. Like, let alone DC. Like, I don't know why anybody else is doing this like uh pandora probably paid the money for it and yeah, you know, i mean like and, you can and, like making a podcast costs nothing like i'm surprised that like i don't know image or dark horse or whoever isn't doing this like i would listen to a bprd podcast mm, yeah but i think it's like if you know would brands be willing to shop that idea around like i imagine you could like, really produce it in-house for nothing uh, not not for nothing, but uh, I I I I get what you're saying, and I don't. It, the think cost like, is really the, the cost is very minimal. Like you probably already have server space. It takes like very little to record, and you're already paying writers. So like, do you really need like a different? I guess you need like maybe someone that knows how to write this stuff specifically. 
you also need a, you also need a, a, a budget for voice talent, which it does not come cheap. Because I imagine uh, getting um, Thor and Oakenshield was not necessarily cheap for that Wolverine podcast. Mm, yeah, I guess. But I feel like there's a lot of like famousy nerds now that would do it just to do it, and you wouldn't have to pay them as much. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing something like a BPRD, which you can kind of lean into the absurd and have more like comedy centric people do it. Sure, but I think it's like also at the end of the day, it's like they want to have these podcasts like they do animated features. And you don't see, and there's like plenty of really great talented voice actors on TV and anime or whatever, but they're not doing, you know, even something as small as, you know, like that abominable snowman movie from like earlier this year or one of the three oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like Isn't- all of where all of them had to have like an A-list voice casting because like that's like that's how studios see like the value of selling some because you're not selling the anime picture you're selling Hugh Jackman as the guy who's hanging around with this snowman which is funny because I got confused for a second I was like wait there there were two of those movies this year because there's the Bigfoot kind of which is the one I think you're talking about which was like kind of looks like was it Lycra there was there was and then there's like the yeti one which is like a fully animated maybe it's a dreamworks there was a abominable that's out in theaters now and then there's <laughs> I feel like there were link. a couple different ones there was missing link in april mm. and then earlier this year there was smallfoot which was another snowman movie oh yeah wow i didn't even realize smallfoot was 2019 jesus christ so yeah. like i feel like how does that how does that happen like uh, I get that it happens, but how do like three movies simultaneously ish of the same kind of thing happen in the same year? Corporate espionage. Like you think I'm joking, <laughs> but it's like I mean, there's a reason why like Katzenberg left Disney to go do DreamWorks, and the first thing that DreamWorks does while like Pixar is making a Bug's Life is they make ants. ants, which is like a you know basically a you know, shot the bow over to Disney. Which I feel like, I think I've seen both and I feel like I like Ants better, but that's because it's so weird. Uh, I mean, you can't really go back to Ants since it stars Woody Allen. Oh, well, yeah, I know. It stars Woody Allen, so. But hey, depending on who you're talking to. Oh my god, but Bugs Life has Kevin Spacey! Oh. Uh, oh. All the Ants are bad. Just really bad. Well, actually, no, the Ants are good in that movie. And and the grasshopper dies because he gets eaten by a, a bird, a little baby bird. Yeah. So, you know, uh, upswing. So maybe we need to start a campaign for somebody to redub Kevin Spacey and Bugs in Bugs Life. <laughs> with uh, oh, Who did it? Was it uh, Plumber in that one movie? Yeah, I feel so bad for Evan. Like, spe- like, not to, you know, stick on Kevin Spacey, but like, I felt so bad for Edgar Wright because like Baby Driver is so good, and then like it happened so at the exact same time. Yeah, Dude, that, and that like, cast is crazy too. Yeah, because it's like it was. Um, oh my god, I can't remember that kid's name because that's um, kind of like his breakout role. And you have Jamie Fox, uh, John Hamm. Isn't like John Barenthal in that? I mean, there's a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, right. Ansel Elgort. Ensign Elgort. Because oh, I was getting confused with Solo, uh, who has an equally super white name. <laughs> um, oh, let's see here. And I got to stop saying, oh. Uh, let us talk 
All right, let's go to a DC, the two DC stories real quick, and then jump to X Men, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, and jump to the Bloodshot. Bloodshot before X Men. So the first one I think is really cool, which is they are doing a graphic novel for young readers. I guess this is in like the ink because that's still a Whoa. thing, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Just go ahead. By the way, I just like saw the creative team on this book, and I was like bl- kind of blown away by the artist. Okay, yeah. So it's called "You Brought Me the Ocean" um, by creative team. So Alex Sanchez, who wrote Rainbow uh, Rainbow Boys, and Julie Morrow, who was is the illustrator for Blue is the Warmest Color. So it is a book talking about. I I'm going to assume based on what this story is about that it's Calderon Aqualad. Yeah. Um, who is the newer Aqualad? Which you can, he is the son of Black Manta, so therefore he is black, but he is um, half human, half Atlantean. He is the Aqualad that is in Young Justice, which they also, in this new season, um, straight up, like uh, in the second half, also had him uh, be gay. So this is a specifically like a young adult book, um, like LGBTQ graphic novel, like kind of love story. And it's, interesting that they're going here the art looks goddamn fantastic which his power set is kind of perfect for this style of book because he's a was it like aqua kinetic is there is the term um, not sure he can like make water into shapes cool and like weapons uh yeah so the artist is yeah so have either of you ever heard of blue is the warmest color i feel like i know i know it but i don't i never uh yeah so basically it's a book oh, about okay. like 2010 um when it came out it was kind of like a really big lgbtq book in a time where you didn't really see like a lot of big comics you know be like kind of touted with having those themes um and yeah it it's also just like very uh it's like a very porny like like porny and not in a bad way but it's like okay they like apparently made it into a movie too so yeah. that was the first thing i that came up when i googled it yeah which i hear i hear mixed things about it i have not seen the movie i hear the movie while well, like like the cre- creative team of the book is is female and it's about two lesbians and it's like you know there's like a big difference between like you know it's like if you read porn from the perspective of women about women it's presented in a different way than it is when like men try and write porn as someone who works in that industry it's like <laughs> it's actually it's like it's it's very kind of obvious sometimes um but i don't know i'm surprised sometimes but uh regardless the movie was directed by uh, a male director and people were kind of they're like it's a very male the movie's very male gazy about the porn and like yeah for my quick google i was like oh and i guess it's a french movie uh the comic is french i i okay. i don't know if the movie was but that would probably make sense if it was uh but yeah i i own the book like the book's not bad and i'm kind of just like very surprised that that this was the artist that dc ended up contacting to do a book like this because like that's like i like that's a pretty big name um and i i assume like the the writer is also pretty big you know well it says they are a lambda award-winning writer yeah i i, I'm not I don't know what that means a lot of 
book awards. But yeah, um, yeah, this is this is like a really cool get, and like uh, this also is just like continuing with DC, just doing really great uh, young readers <laughs> books, which uh, like that's how you grow uh, a fan base. Yeah, which um, I'm trying to think. I I read some of the Catwoman one. It's not a genre that I really like. Uh, I had to read one for something like a class I'm doing, which I did the audiobook version of like a young adult book. So as a 32 year old man, it's not made for me. So mm-hmm. it's not interested, but like the art looks awesome. I'll definitely look at all the art for the book. Yeah. Like the black canary one looks cool. And the Harley Quinn one looks like a lot of fun and they get like really good teams to be doing these books. So yeah. I mean, it's a lot better than what like Marvel's trying with like, did you hear, oh, like, this is a side note. Did you happen to hear that they're going to be collecting all the number ones for Dawn of X into one trade? What? Really? What? And they're that's... charging, and they're charging $24 for it. That's, that's like bullshit. one book off. Like, cause I think there's, it, I think there's six. Like, I, you know, it's like, I'm already kind of like, like to collect all of Hox Pox is $60 or $50. Like, I feel like that's a little bit too expensive for, like, if you're trying to get new readers, like, to come and pick up a trade that collects everything that's basically, like, the big event for the future of X-Men. Like, I feel like a trade should be, like, of that size, it's collecting 12 issues, should be 40 bucks. I think that's a fair price. Um, But to... To make, like, all the trades into number ones is already, like, A, like, really stupid. Because, like, if I ran a store, I would never have bought those. Like, I would just wait for the actual trade to come out for each of the books. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, if you're going to make a thing like that, why not make it, like, $10? Yeah, get like, new, something new that's like... super cheap, it, like, you'd hand it in, you know, hand to people um, to basically, like, here's the number ones for all the different books. Um, and, like, have them go off on that point. But like charging twenty five dollars, it's like I don't know. I don't know any serious shop would ever like order that trade. And if they are, they're probably going out of business. <laughs> yeah. So um, to kind of go back, I guess the only other big DC story is so longtime DC uh, Justice League writer was big time writer on Batman. Uh, Scott Snyder says that he is leaving the Justice League book that he's been writing for I think a couple of years now. And uh, so January will be his final issue, along with the artist uh, George Jimenez. That'll be issue 39. It has been a very big story. I really, it's very complicated and convoluted, so it's not really worth going into here. But it's this whole Year of the Villain thing is part of it, which has been interesting. Um, but I guess it's a big deal, and I'm, it's interesting to see where Snyder will go next. He's kind of like the guy at DC, like I would say kind of like Hickman is over at Marvel right now. So this is his second major title, like cornerstone title at DC. So it'll be interesting to see what he jumps to next, or if he wants to just take a break. Uh, I, I assume it's Batman. Yeah. No, I, somebody else has already taken over Batman. Oh yeah. Well, uh, but Tiny. James, but Tiny? James Tinian's not, he's not the writer. Like he's the villain. Like, James Tinian and Tony Daniel are not the ongoing Batman team. Like hmm. they, they are there to basically issue 100, and then issue 100 is like the new team. That's why. That's what why I wasn't do- too bent out of shape about Tony Daniel being the artist, even though I think like if you're gonna give someone 14 issues to Batman, like have someone like who's like a little bit more like kind of I don't know. 
like revolutionary than Tony Daniel, who I feel just draws like a basic ass Batman book. But yeah, like they're supposed to be like a big team that's supposed to basically be like the next ushers of Batman. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see him go back, but like I kind of would rather have him do something new and see his takes on other stuff. Like I love this Batman, so. Oh, I agree. Um, but if the it's okay, so it's like if you're going to get like someone big to replace, you know, Tom, you know, not Tom, uh, Tom King on Batman, and it's like you want like to have like this big marquee team for Batman. It's like you have Bendis, like like uh, like look and see like who's in your wheelhouse right now. It's like you have Bendis, who I I heard like based off rumors declined, and it also makes sense because he's also writing like. 16 other books for dc right now now i know it's like if he would be able to like fit in batman yeah especially because all his stuff seems to be coming in on time which is something that seems to be extremely difficult at dc yeah but like if and i hope to god it's not jeff johns uh i don't know if in any university would pick jeff johns <laughs> or jeff johns well, would put himself into that role i think he's a little too busy currently yeah finish well. shazam or an issue of, of Doomsday Clock. <laughs> no. Um, but it's like, who else is like a big marquee writer that DC currently has in their bullpen that they could get to write Batman? I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just like, I don't know. I wish, like, I kind of would like to see what he would do for other characters just because that would be what I would want. I mean, I, I would like to see like a Jody Hauser. Um, take over for Batman, which I think it's like if you want like a big headline, I think that's cool. Um, Matt Fraction's doing a lot of stuff with DC now. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Matt Fraction on Batman. I would uh, love I, that, but I don't know if Fraction is in the kind of time of his career want, that he wants to undertake like a big AAA book like that. Um, but yeah, like you know. I think I think there's like a I think it's like there's a lot of like really cool people there, and I think it it'd be cool if they like were to call up someone instead of just having to like you know it's like I I hope it's not like a Brian Azzarello because I think that'd be like very lame. And, well, he's doing was like well, damned I think finished right. Yeah, but is he? I feel like he's doing something else. Uh, he's doing that Birds of Prey book that used to be an ongoing, and then it used to be a six issue, and now it's just a one shot. Oof. Um, you know, it's like you have Joshua Joshua Williamson, which I feel like is just like a a name. I don't, I don't know if, how excited people would be about Joshua Williamson writing Batman, but yeah, like I th- I think this would be like a really fun like betting odds thing. It's like who takes over for Batman. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're probably right that it is probably um. Oh my god, it is probably Snyder, but I know, boy can dream. So, um, I guess our other story here that I do think is interesting, I mostly want to talk about it because the goddamn image for it is awesome with Apocalypse, so (laughs) so basically yeah, he's like, Apocalypse like, Mr. Fix-It. But like, also (laughs) him, Magneto, like, walking in the suit is like, and Xavier. Mr. X body. So that's that's for X-Men number four. So they, basically what happened is um, some new kind of details came out about the December issues. So X-Men number four just says the Cohen leaders attend an economic forum to show the humans what real power looks like. Uh, new Mutants is like when Armor and her team set off to bring their friends home. Uh, they thought it'd be an easy sell and a quick trip. And everything goes sideways. 
Um, trying to look at the one. Interesting thing, New Mutants number four has them with like the Shi'ar. And then, oh, X-Men number four, or I think three and four has an interesting title. It says, uh, Cyclops storms the Savage Land. The most powerful heroes of the dominant species of the, on the planet, the X-Men rise to protect the world against any threat from a new foe in the Savage Land to an old nemesis surprising return. My first thought was like, oh, are they going to like, what are they going to be? I guess it's Sauron is like got to be part of it. And he's a mutant, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. He has so ends. like, he's one of those guys we haven't seen. And there's been like a bunch of, um, you know, with all the mutants running around, like I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. Sauron just wants to turn people into dinosaurs. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I wish I could turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I guess the next thing to talk about before we talk about, I don't know, like, uh, how much time do we want to spend on Marauders? Like, we read it. The hits, I guess. Yeah, like, it's interesting. Like, it kind of sets up stuff. I think it's pretty obvious that, like, what we were all saying that um, Kate is the new, because <laughs> you're not allowed to call her Kitty anymore, is the uh, the Red Queen. And the kind of most interesting idea of it is that for whatever reason, she cannot use the Krakoan gates. And no, well, I guess that and that she is not even the storm was asked for the position and storm turned it down and she doesn't like Emma and somebody else probably was. And then uh, Kitty was the third person. But yeah, her not being able to use the gates is kind of an interesting idea because as far as we knew, all mutants, anyone could code would like basically allow could use them. And all mutants were supposed to be able to use them. So why can't Kitty use it? Well, we've already been told that Moira is already kind of subverting those rules. She doesn't want any precogs. Yes. In, like on Krakoa. So I believe this is kind of another thing where she's thinking ahead, like who could sneak in here theoretically? Uh, Kate. <laughs> Kate could. She could just walk in and there's nothing that stops her. So Yeah, I guess like that's right. I don't know. I feel like. I, I hope it's more than that because. Well, I think it's like a psychological thing. She can come to the island. Like she was at Krakoa. She brings Wolverine. Yeah, she just she cannot use the she can't use the gates. Yes, and I feel like that's kind of like discouraging her from coming to uh, Krakoa. Like a, a subtle thing of being like, we don't want you here, but you can come here. But like, we're not going to make it easy for you to be here. It takes six days for her to uh, to get to it from San Diego. Yeah, because it's in where it's always been. It's in like the, it's like by Australia or something like that, isn't it? Sure. I don't know, man. Um, that's that's kind of the biggest thing that you learn. That's why she, there's all that promo material with her, with like the bandage on uh, her nose and like the black eye. Uh, yeah, because she okay. yeah she goes to walk through it and just like busts her face on it. And everyone's like, <laughs> it it's really... a very good look, by the way. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which I do think it's interesting. Like, oh, like they kind of I like the idea that this book is dealing with like the kind of social and political fallout of what the X-Men are doing. They're basically like, oh, there would be places and countries that would be like, uh, no, our people aren't leaving because their Krakoa is basically amassing a monopoly on superhumans, like all of their powers. So like we see Russia doing the thing where they say like Brazil and then another like a made up country. Uh, what's it called? No- North Vonlin? Is that it? North Valnon. That's it. A very subtle North Korea nod there. 
Yes, yes, that's great. That's what it was. So, like, yeah, it's it's interesting what they're doing. Like, I like what happened in Russia. They, like, kind of beat the shit out of them. Um, I did not realize that it is now... I think we may have talked about it once before. So, is it currently canon that Bobby Drake is out of the closet? Yes. Okay. Inclu- like, because I know they had, like, younger Bobby Drake, but he definitely made, like, a um, like a comment. I was like, oh, like, I haven't read X-Men in a while. I did not realize that they also made him, which... Yeah. Uh, there was like you know because there was that big issue where um, it was like young, young Gene, right? Young, yeah, young Iceman was like kind of forced out of the closet by young Gene, and there, you know, like there was a kind of like a heart to heart with like young young Iceman and an old Iceman, where it's you know, and you know, Bobby kind of came to the conclusion that it's like you know, he's you know, oh, you know, it's like he's always kind of like felt that way, but you know. You know, you, it's like you know, you keep up appearances, and and people, you know, people were like, "Ooh, he's like in his thirties. Like, how is he like coming out now?" And I'm like, because people come out later in life all the time. People come out when they're in their like sixties. You know, like there are people who come out who have had previous relationships with women. Um, you know, and that's not to say that there's not indications for you know Bobby, you know, to have not been, you know gay this entire time like they are definitely have been like you know lines that have been dropped you know throughout his history that you could read them as that if you wanted to and i think bendis you know totally did and then wrote it into the book and um and i think it's like you know keeping up like the idea of the mutant metaphor i think it's like kind of nice that they have like an original x-men who is you know gay um i i think i i you know it's like i maybe have preferred him to be bi because you know, you know, I it is what it is, but uh, it's you know, it's not bad. Hey, but hey, we have Swinger, uh, Wolverine, and 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 Summers, and and G- well, yeah, right look, he, he makes even a comment that's like a mutant gras, like instead of Mardi Gras. Yeah, and Beauty I gras. do love this idea that like they're just all just still banging away. Oh no, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Nightcrawler says it in the first one. Uh, Believe in me, mind fraud. Our Krak- on Krakoa, you will love and be loved. Like that's that. Them some implications right there. Everybody's yeah. So like, I don't know. I like the idea that this book overall. Like I like the team because it's uh, Storm, Iceman. I'm trying to think who else was on. Oh, and then we got to see OG Pyro. Yeah, they. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know Pyro's like real name? Nope. I don't know. Is it like Australian? Like Australian? It's Saint. <laughs> St. John Allardyce. I love that. Oh my god. That's uh, so comic books. <sighs> but yeah, the, yeah, the team is Kate Pride or uh Storm, uh Iceman, uh Emma, uh Bishop, Pyro, Wolverine, and Lockheed. Oh, oh yeah, because we got thank that you. other side story with Bishop investigating the Chinese Taipei people, which is yeah. interesting that Marvel's poking at that. Uh, I don't think I feel like that's just timing, you know. Like no, well, because um, China Taipei is not mainland China. It's like uh, kind of like Taiwan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the things that have been going on in that area are also just not particularly new. I think it's you know new to maybe yes uh, the the vast majority of people who maybe read comics. Yeah. So yeah, so but China Chinese Taipei, which they specifically reference, is Taiwan, and Taiwan is not mainland China, but they are also not independent. 
but they're kind of separate. It's very confusing, but it's kind of interesting that they're making them this as opposed to making just China is kind of what I was getting at. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that they did that, but otherwise I think it was fine. I don't think it was necessarily as strong as X-Men. Do we know what is the next one? Uh, X-Force. Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, X. It's Excalibur, then New Mutants, then X Force, then Fallen Angels. Yeah, I kind of like at this point, it's going to take a lot for me to kind of care about Fallen Angels, but the other ones I'm like still very interested in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I like the Bishop story; it's interesting. So I don't know, it's pretty good. So, anybody else have anything, or do we want to talk about Vin Diesel? <laughs> I, you are know we, what? Are we are we talking Bloodshot? Okay, you got to give me like two minutes. I got to watch that trailer. All right. So we'll just uh, kind of like. That'll give me time to like. Uh, I got to wash my hands real. I'll just say like, so blood, while you guys are doing that. So for those that don't know, Vin Diesel is doing a movie called Bloodshot. It is based on a. I'm trying to remember what kind of a company. Um, Valiant Comics. He's kind of like Wolverine. And. He was like a soldier. He got like kind of a thing and it like nanobots so he can heal very quick. Also, by the way, I want to like just like make a side point here. Uh, I know it sounds very weird if I was just like, I need to go wash my hands uh, out of context. I actually spilled something and I had to like wipe <laughs> it up and yeah, continue. Yeah, like I don't know. I've never read <laughs> like I'm not a big Valiant comic person. I don't know Bloodshot. Like, I know who he is. I never read the book. I've always just known he's, like, the white guy with the red circle on his chest. Yeah, he, like, I haven't, like, also read a whole lot about him, but um, I know that he has, like, a like a cartoon manifestation of his, like, inner psyche named Bloodsquirt, who is... So, oh, so kind of like Batmite? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... So it was funny because Jeff Lemire was just writing Bloodshot maybe about a year ago, and the blood squirt parts were drawn by Jeff Lemire. And I don't know if you guys know Jeff Lemire's like art. No, but, I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, like I'm a lot of his creator own stuff is all drawn by him. So it's like if you read, you know, uh, Sweet Tooth or um, Underwater Welder or that hockey book he did. Um, but yeah, for the most most like all, a lot of his artists, it's like I really love it, but I could tell like if people you know don't like it because it's like very kind of ugly looking. But so he draws, so you have like this re- this kind of traditional artwork, and then you see Blood Squirt, and he's like obviously like someone who doesn't fit within this world, and I like that idea. Um, but yeah, like Sony's, I feel like Sony's kind of baking on this being. It's like, you know, this is going to be like their kind of like Marvel. It's like, you know, it's like they, they got like Venom and they got Spider-Man, but they don't own. It's like they own the rights, but they don't own those characters. Bloodshot. So, yeah. And I think um, after what kind of happened between them and Marvel, they they kind of realized that, I don't know, most people would kind of just side with like, just don't believe that they're going to put out like they just don't trust them with Spider-Man anymore in general. Okay. Even though Spider-Verse is the best one. <laughs> Again, yeah. but that is a completely separate animal. It's also animated. Uh, but, but like, also looking at Venom, but like, I feel like there's a lot of Venom in this trailer. So this is, mm. 
I'm trying to, I'll, I should look at the cast. So we have. Uh, I actually didn't think of Venom when I was watching that movie. I was thinking Robocop. I got a lot uh, of Robocop vibes, like Upgrade 2, which came out it's recently. Like that he- yeah, actually, I was thinking about Upgrade, which is why I was thinking about Venom. Yeah, mm-hmm. Upgrade. Actually, you're, you're right. <laughs> Upgrade's yeah. like a better Venom. Uh, yes. But yeah, oh, yeah. It's like the, but but yeah, it's like the whole idea that he's like a guy who's like a soldier who works for this company, and then he gets killed, and they bring him back to life. But now he's like a super soldier, but he's supposed to work for the company, but the company is doing insidious things, and yeah, yeah, it's like, got like a little bit of like Groundhog. Like I, I'm sure there's other movies that have done it, like the Groundhog's Day type thing, where they're twerking with his memory to like. Which I feel like is a huge spoiler that they put in this first trailer. Uh, people like I I posted up the trailer in our Discord for for my work, and there were people who were also saying that it's a spoiler. But I don't know. I just felt like that was just the hook of the movie. I feel I think like you could have like, just shown him like killing the shit out of people, and like that would have been fine, and like regenerating. I think so. But I think, like, also at the same time, like, what would separate that from being, like, you know, anything else, really? I well, think it's, I guess, I guess, but you're right. Cause part of the thing, which was my initial reaction, was like, oh, here is like the first kind of real Deadpool knockoff, was like the initial vibes I was getting. Yeah. With the kind of tone of the trailer, obviously the powers and like the revenging and, you know, all that stuff. It looks like I like the style, like the of how his stuff works. I don't know how I like the look of the 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 movie itself. Like it almost is like too clean. Yeah. If you, does that make sense? Like what I'm saying? Like it's uh, it's hyper produced. Yeah, and like it kind of called it. Yeah, and like it looks like too polished. Like it looks like I don't know. It, it's like oh, it's triple X, but with he can regenerate. And is like fighting cyborg people. And, and I mean, like, I'm a sucker for a Vin Diesel action movie. Like, I, mm. like, I, like, Chronicles of Riddick is not good, but it's kind of <laughs> At fun. At least you admit it. it. And, and Riddick is also, like, kind of not great, but it's, like, fun for, like, when you're watching it. But, uh, you know, like, those fast movies are, like, a lot of fun with him. Triple uh, yeah. X is, like, a super guilty pleasure. Um, What's the thing is, like, he's good when he's good. And as much as I like what he does, like, I love the stuff that he does with Guardians and Groot because it's so fucking weird. And I'm glad that he's doing his own thing because he's been trying to do, I can't, was this and what was the other comic he was trying to do for a minute? I thought it was something at Marvel that they were in talks with. Uh, I mean, he was trying to do a Black Bolt for a while. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's who he was. Because it was the goof that he was going to be one character where he's only the voice in Groot and one character where he doesn't talk. Um, but like, I don't know, like everything I've heard from Fast and Furious stuff is like, he's kind of douchey now. Like he has this weird, cause I don't know if you've heard, but like him and like the, like the thing with him and the rock is like, neither of them could lose their fights was part of like their contracts. Like basically Vin Diesel cannot lose a fight in any Fast and the Furious as part of his contract. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta protect your spot. I don't know. I feel like he's. He's definitely bigger than this, but I feel like he's very close to becoming Steven Seagal in many ways. I was thinking like Kevin Nash, because I was thinking of like wrestling, where it's like, oh, like I, I, I get to write like how my character happens. Yeah, well, I mean, like in the Steven Seagal of like, he's the action guy. He does a whole bunch of stuff, but he's also like 
how old is Vin Diesel now? Like fifty something? Uh, I don't think Vin Diesel's that old. A uh, quick Google. Will he's fifty-two. Huh. Well, he, looks, fuck. he doesn't look fifty-two. He's looking. Um, that's because they don't film him below the shoulders, really. I mean, like he—he he also looks just like he did in that in that Street Sharks ad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, that's that's an old one. Uh, but like I don't know, like I I kind I thought like that trailer looked a lot of fun. Um, it's like kind of a style of action movie you don't really kind of see anymore. Like, well, it's it's a bad like it's a B movie, but it's yeah. like a hundred. It's like a two hundred million dollar B movie. Oh, so I don't think that movie's two hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's maybe like a hundred like, million with advertising. I don't know. There's a lot of CG in this. Uh, yeah, I if I were to like guess, like I would think that movie is like a eighty million to a hundred million. Uh, let's see if they have the budget on IMDb. Now I'm looking there. Was it like? I want you to know that when I uh, go onto IMDb, the first thing it auto populates with is Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that movie is like if I were to like guess not not it's over not it's over a hundred million dollars. It's not just on his salary alone, but it's not two hundred million. No, I was being I was being like I was exaggerating, but if it's like a hundred and thirty, uh, but I hope like this movie like does well for them because uh, I think like Valiant has like you know a lot of kind of interesting characters. Yeah, like everyone always says Ninjak, which again, like I've not read a lot of Valiant stuff, so I don't know them, but like I know all the characters' names. Yeah. Like I know like, X No Man of War. Because like, I mean, Ninjak is James Bond, but what if James Bond was also a ninja? See, like, like and again, like I think that's another one of the arguments people have been talking about is like, why Bloodshot? I think it's only because of Vin Diesel like wanting to do this. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but it's also funny that it feels like Guy Pierce is playing the exact same character from Iron Man 3. Plus, I mean, it's like, you know, you could do Exo Man of War, but Exo Man of War is, would basically just be like, oh, it's an Iron Man rip, you know? Yeah, because it was an Iron Man rip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it's, you know, you could do Shadow Man, but Shadow Man, it's like, I don't think you want to, like, start super dark with, like, Shadow Man. It's like, because you know, that basically sets the president of, like, what this line is. And it's like you have like your books, you know, like Shadow Man that's super dark, but then you also have like Faith, you know, which is a pretty uplifting superhero book, or like Palm and Woody that's like a pure comedy book. Um, and I think Bloodshot... like they got like Doctor Mirage, Time Walker, Hard Corpse. I, don't, I also like not a lot of these. I think the only three you could start with is Bloodshot, Ninjak, or Exo Manowar because no one else has any name recognition. Uh, I think. Faith does with like at least comic people because Faith, because of the Jody Hauser run, like got a lot of like recognition and some awards consideration stuff. Um, but like, you know, I think, I think Bloodshot's like probably, it's like if I were to like pick one, I think that's like probably like the easiest one to do because it also has like kind of like a little bit of everything kind of wrapped into one. And then like after that, you could do Ninjak, you could do uh, Archer and Armstrong, which is like, a pretty good buddy, you know, film. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on how tight they want to make all this, like this world. But yeah, like, I don't know, like Bloodshot makes the most sense from a studio because again, it's like, it's, and go- it has to be an action thing. It's a pretty simple concept and it'll have really good visual effects. And they got a star that wanted to do it. And like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I guess I feel like it's like, we, like, 
it just feels like a weird movie. This movie, again, I feel like it's kind of like what happened with Ben. I'm like, this movie would make more sense if it came out in like 99 or 2002. Yeah, like 2004 is this movie's like perfect period. I mean, you, I mean, you say 90s, which is when Valiant was big. Uh, yeah, I, but I guess maybe like this, like how people compare Venom to like, like Ghost Rider and stuff like that. I feel like this movie is like going to kind of fit into that same thing. Well, I'll just say like it can't be worse than Hellboy. So like that was a giant piece of shit, and it's like I hate that it was so bad. So like I don't know. Like it's I hope it's good. I feel like that's the thing is like I'll criticize these things, but like I always hope they're all good. I don't want to watch shitty movies. I want to watch good movies. I hope it's a good movie. Well, I'll say at least this looks like a lot of passion went into it. The trailer is overly goofy and it's very cheesy, but. It doesn't seem like it. it's a cash-in, you know? Like, they're just trying to get the money from the name. Because, let's be honest, the what, name doesn't have a name? lot of... It, yeah, exactly. The name doesn't have well, a lot of... Well, the name is Vin Diesel. It's not, yeah, it's not it's, Bloodshot. Well, hopefully... Hey, that, I, that actually goes back to our, like, thing about voice acting. Or, like, hiring, like, major talent for, like, you know, something that's not... Because I mean, like audio dramas, I don't think are like you know lighting the world on fire. So it's like, how do you how do you get people involved? Like, oh, this actor I like is doing like this audio drama. It's like, oh, this actor I like is doing this action movie. Oh, it's based off a comic. Oh wow. Okay, I'm just reading through like the development and stuff. So I mean, for what it's worth, it's gonna be goofy. But and you might hate me, but I kind of got into comics in my middle school age because I watched the movie wanted. And then I found out it was a comic and I was like, I want to read the comic. You know what? That's exactly like, and I kind of like how good, bad wanted is. Yeah, totally. It's like, like it is a per- weirdly bad movie. It is a movie. That's like, Oh, it's on FX. I'll sit here and watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's hey. Also based off of a bad comic. I, I was yes. just going to say the comic is not very, Oh, good. the comic is not great, but it's a dumb action movie, which yeah, you know what? That's a perfect way to describe it. But, I don't know, like, this movie's not going to get me to go to the theater, but I will watch the shit out of it on demand or on Netflix. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, man. Remember that time it, you watched Wanted and they had the loom of uh, of Destiny? Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. like, it, it's like, and well, the, the guy, guy the, the people that did comic and it's the people like, that did wait, Wanted what? are the guy that like wrote and directed it wrote like um like two cool action horror movies that like Russian horror movies. Um, st- uh, the the rat guy Nightwatch. wanted Nightwatch. Yeah, Nightwatch and Daywatch. Oh, I've um, heard of those. Yes. So the guy that's the rat guy in Wanted is the star mm-hmm. of those movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. That's an interesting one. They're really interesting. Um oh horror it's, it's spooky month but yeah can i just say so almost like i guess apparently in talks to play this first jared leto was in talks to play bloodshot mm, I don't like they, yeah now, well, then I they went to that. i'm guessing he turned it down so he could go play um morbius Choker, baby no this is later this isn't july two years ago oh, fuck. so this is when he was going to sign on to do morbius and then like Michael Sheen was like announced at one point, which he is definitely not in this movie, I don't believe. So like it is I don't know, they filmed this in South Africa and the Czech Republic and Budapest. So maybe this is just like a hundred million dollar movie. Maybe it's less. Man, maybe I remember Budapest being very different then. Cause get it? It's cause 
Yes, yeah. I get yeah. it. I was just letting it sit there. Yeah, just wanted to let. You should have said it with more conviction. <laughs> this is the first movie of a five-picture deal Sony has with Valiant, and they intend to do a shared universe. Um, yeah. Okay. See. So they're doing it's two movies based on Harbinger, which will have a crossover Harbinger. titled Harbinger Warriors. Harbinger. Oh, that. Uh. Uh. Go ahead. Where are the other ones? Oh, that's it. So it's like two Bloodshot films, two Harbinger films, and then a crossover. Huh. Uh, I mean, like, I imagine that's where, like, like Harbinger has Zephyr, which is, like, Faith. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, like, that's also, like, how you introduce, you know, Exo or, uh, you know, Archer and Armstrong and stuff like that. Oh, well, this is weird. Harbinger is going to be done by Paramount? Or no, it's distributed and released by. Uh, oh my god, this is one of those things where like the rights are super wonky, and I'm also now tired and starting to crash. So, is there anything That's else? Fair. Was there any books anybody wanted to talk about that they've been reading besides what we already talked about? Uh, I I can talk about uh One Piece in my update. So, uh, I'm currently I think maybe a third of the way through Impel Down, which is the um. It's like one of the bigger arcs of the show. Um, basically, the setup is is that the main character Luffy, his brother uh, Ace, is been captured and been locked up and is going to be executed. And so, Impel Down is like the big prison. It, it basically this arc is a prison escape, uh, and like no one's like no one's ever gotten in and no one's ever escaped. And so he, like, Luffy sneaks in with the help of, like, this uh, woman named Boa Hancock, who's, like, one of the badass, like, pirates, like, in the book. And so what's really cool about the arc is so he, it's, like, six levels, so he's going down, like, further and further. Each level is, like, built completely differently. And as he's going down, you're meeting, like, past characters who he's fought who have been captured who are in the prison corps now like working all together to try and get out of impel down so Ew. it's like so that's like you know kind of a funny thing that's like you're seeing like um like there was a character named buggy the clown who's like a pirate who has this ability that uh he could separate his body parts um and he was like a big villain in like the first like 25 50 issue or chapters of the book and we're like now, uh, you know, in chapters like 500. So it's like this character has not shown up really in a very long time. Uh, so it's like cool that you see a callback with him. Uh, and one of the other characters that come back is this guy named Bond Clay, who. What? Uh, Bond Clay? B O N Clay. Oh, who, my dad. Uh, Bond Clay was like. Um, he was like the set, like the third in command of like, or not third in the command, but like the third person in charge of this big villain group. Um, a couple, like maybe about like six arcs ago. But the cool thing about him is like he developed this really great friendship with Luffy that was just like so good and so pure. And and Luffy meets up with Bon Clay again, and he's in prison and he breaks him out and it's just like i forgot like how fucking wonderful like this friendship is and um and bond clay like is in prison because he's also trying to find 
um, this character that he's been like searching for for like so long, um, named Ivankov, who when they so Bon Clay is like a queer coded character, um, and he is looking for this character named Emperio Ivankov, who basically looks like Doctor Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror, hmm. um, and um. Ivankov is the, the leader of the Okama and the queen of Queer Island. Like, this is, and like, he, like, Bon Clay is like giving this speech about how, who Ivankov is, and it fucking blew me away. Cause, like, A, it's like, like, Queer Island, and B, like, like, it's like kind of also like very refreshing that, like, once you meet Ivankov, he like is like this big revolutionary who is like working to like help people in Impel Down and help them escape and is also like fighting the world government. And it's like, oh, like there are trans characters and queer coded characters who are revolutionaries trying to take down the world government. And I like I'm like, I'm here for this. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. And Ivankov's like so like everyone has powers in the book. Um, you know, or like not everyone, but like certain people have powers in the book. And Ivankov, his power is that he can uh, manipulate the hormones in people's bodies. So he can like so like at one point like he hits Luffy with like um with like these like little like needles in his hands, and he basically just gives him like uh an adrenaline rush. He's like, yeah, uh, you have about three days, and like after that, you're gonna like crash super badly. But you got energy now. Um, but like one of his other in command character, like who's like works with Ivankov, is this character who you see change, who's like gender fluid. And so when you first meet them, it's like this male character who picks like Luffy and Bon Clay up and like takes them to Ivankov. And then the next time you see them, it's like this female character who is like, uh, you know, doing whatever. And so like throughout the fight, you see them change genders, like based off of like, just whatever. And it's like, Oh man, this is like so refreshing. That's really cool. Like, Cause I just watched like the newest episode of my hero academia and the one trans character in the show like fucking exploded. So I'm like, <laughs> well, at least One Piece is like pretty okay. Oh, okay. I was confused for a second. I was like, oh, and I actually did not realize until that episode that that character was trans. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've also would have gotten that because I like because I listened to the um the dub today, um, uh, and the dub for that character I think is like kind of like obviously it's like. It's it's like a queer coded like it, it you know it's like a feigning voice kind of thing. It's like a male actor like trying to do a more effeminate voice, but like not doing like um a shtick, you know. Uh, but I end up finding out because like I also was just like reading about all the characters through the wiki, and like that's how I found out. But um yeah, like that's what, like that was like my big takeaway. I'm like, well. I it's like it's cool that at least these characters in this series are like and like I I don't think it's necessarily like perfect you know for One Piece because I, I you know I think there's like certain ways that people could misconstrue 
like a lot of the stuff within the series is being like a little tactless, like with how um um how they're like portrayed. But I think it's like you know, well, I it's think also it's, like, not, I, it's I, coming I, from Japan and not America, so it's different. I I think it's like also coming from a guy who doesn't have. It's like want like wants to write like these type of characters. They're good guys. They're helping the character. They're not victims. It's like. I think he. I think there's like a lot of good in that, and I'm like, oh, even though like there are times where San, Sanji, who's like a main character within the group, is very like very homophobic, and like is like kind of an absolute detriment to like me liking that character at times, because there have been times where he is just like he's like super into women, like he fucking loves them to a point that it's like a really creepy, and like whenever he gets you know, like, there's, like, a trick for the comedic effect, and he's just, like, and it's, like, kind of gross. But I'm, like, oh, well, like, at least I know you can write that well, and thank you for this. But, yeah, All right. That's, but that's me. That's uh, that's the One Piece update for today, for this week. Yeah, uh, Connor, did you have anything, or? Uh, I started reading Berserk, but I'm not far enough in it to have, like, a really well-formed opinion besides, like, it's it's gory, and it's actually drawn pretty well, so... Uh, I'll be interested to see where it goes from here. But other than yeah, that, I, I just remember like the ending and how fucking weird it is. But um, yeah. yeah, when you get there, we can talk about it and be like, oh, I mean, it's still going. That's the thing is the the manga's at like three fifty nine. Wait, and- really? I did oh, not know. I yeah, only watched no. the anime when I was like in middle school. I know like a couple memes. Like uh, the character, the main character, spends like upwards of like five to ten years on a boat in real time. Uh, because it just, the guy never releases updates because he has a severe idol addiction. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, I'm good. All right. Well, check it out. Don't forget to check out all the other shows. You got the main show, the After Darks. We're kind of doing a, not, we're not doing CW updates like really anymore on the reg. We are talking about Arrow and some of the other stuff. Uh, you also have uh, Smallville Chronicles, which is still going. And the newer show, 3AM Files, where we talk about everything spooky and weird. And, um, yeah, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to everything. And we will check you guys next time. Uh, I love you. Uh. Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, talks.